Welcome to Sisterhood Rising. We are your hosts, Cheyenne and Sav, and we welcome you into our circle where we share our real and raw experiences with all things womanhood. We believe healing happens when women gather, sharing and supporting each other through all of life's moments. Here, we will share everything from the mundane to the magical. So let's dive in, sister. Hello and welcome back to the Sisterhood Rising podcast. We are your hosts, Saf and Cheyenne. And today we're here to talk about ourselves again, because <laughs> that's what you wanted. <laughs> you asked for it. Earlier this week, I posted a poll on our Instagram asking what you guys wanted to hear on the podcast this month. And now that you've had a chance to get to know us a little bit, you wanted to get to know us a little more. So we are doing a Q&A today with your questions that you've submitted through our Instagram. And thank you so much to those who did. Honestly, there were some really great questions up here. And um as well, in honor of my first year of motherhood, I made it, you guys. I made it. We are going to do a little mom-to-mom questionnaire, um, given that I am a mom of one and Savannah is a mom of three, just to see what what uh, what's going on in our worlds, you know? I might wing a few of those questions because I kind of started adding them and I was like, ooh, okay, I have more. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some here too, I think, for you. Okay. All right. Is so the first, sorry. So the first question is actually for Cheyenne. Um, Cheyenne, did you know Eric was the one at 14 or did it take time? Um, it took time. However, I definitely knew that it was different. Like he, I I dated people before him and it just felt different. Like when we met, it was, I've, I've listened to other people talk about their romance stories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I just love love. (laughs) Um, I've heard other people describe it this way too, but it just like, he felt like home. Like he just, he felt like coming home. Like he was just, I don't know. There was just something, I think there were bigger things at play, but I definitely think that we were meant to find each other in this life. And, um, so I, he definitely felt different than like other people that I had dated. Um, but like, I didn't know right away. I, I was, I, I date with the intention of like it going for the long run, for the home run. Um, But like when we left, when I was going to university, I basically gave him an ultimatum and I was like, I'm going here. Like you can either come with me. I'm not going to do a long distance relationship. Like I know that won't work for me. Um, And he chose to follow me. So um, here we are today. Um, But yeah, I would say it took time, but it was definitely different from the start. There was something bigger there. (laughs) oh guys I love love like I love it so much (laughs) all right Savannah what is the funniest thing your child has ever done or said and your kids are hooligans so funny (laughs) like 
hooligans. Um, hooligans. But you know what? When I was, like, looking at this question, I'm like, I feel like it's not one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there's a lot of, like, tons of little funny things throughout the day. Like, my kids are, like, dramatic, like, with multiple <laughs> asterisks, like, dramatic. <laughs> Um, so like every day is a little bit of something and it's always like a show. There's always a dance. There's always someone singing. So like all of that's pretty funny because they make up their own words and whatnot. Um, but they're also like, they're at a stage right now where they're growing their personalities, um, which is really fun to like see firsthand. Like, you know, when they're kind of in the toddler phase, it's like, they don't really have a personality. It's just like happy and then angry. (laughs) But then as they get like a little bit older and they start to interact with other kids, they learn how to play and they develop like, you know, just their own sense Mm -hmm. of personality and emotions and all that jazz. So like that's been really funny to like watch unfold because they're not alike at all. Like they Mm -hmm. are in certain ways, but like they they also polarize each other in a lot of ways. I'm speaking more for like my oldest two. Um, And it's funny to watch them like... (laughs) just kind of like trigger each other. I I was talking to Cheyenne about this earlier, but like um, I didn't grow up with younger siblings. So like it's funny to watch Theo turn around and like try to trick Archie into things like, you know, he'll be holding two toys or whatever. And then Archie will want one. And, you know, he'll be like, okay, you know, how about I give you this stick instead of the toy? And Archie (laughs) be like, yeah, okay, good idea. You know? And I'm like, Archie, he just like bamboozled you. (laughs) You're just like, yeah, good idea. Or like Theo will try and get something that's Archie's by like giving him like a piece of paper. And Archie be like, yeah, okay. (laughs) And I always find those situations hilarious because I didn't grow with with older, older or younger siblings. So I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so mean. And Chris will be like, Nah, it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> the currency of, of sibling rivalry. Yes. I'm like, shouldn't we like intervene? Like that's kind of unfair. He's like, nah, let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um I think Link right now, he's like his his temper is like the primary thing of his personality right now and it's so funny to me just because i have no idea like where he learned it because when he no like i have <laughs> the lady no, says she doesn't I... know where the sass is from hmm. but like no like when he gets angry he throws his head back and then he'll like <laughs> stamp his little feet and i'm like where like where is this coming from like where did you see this displayed that this is your go-to like I'm angry and it's so funny because he's just like a year old and I'm like dude where are you learning this yeah that I feel like the tantrums come naturally but the sass is all you so (laughs) um I think his dance moves are pretty funny too Mm. yeah he's got got a little little (laughs) yeah (laughs) Okay, so the third question is, what do you hope someone will say at your funeral? This is a tough one for me, I think, because when I was, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, my, my goal in life isn't necessarily like material things or like that, like I want to be 
doing more inner work and like happy with myself and at peace with myself and that kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know if that's as noticeable for people to be like, yeah, she hit her goals, you know, like she conquered all she wanted, you know, like, it's just, it's not like, I don't know if, if my achievements are as visible to other people as they are to me. Um, but I hope that people say that I was just like a good person that I loved on people and tried to help them. And I don't know, what does anybody want people to say? (laughs) I think that's, Um, that's, that's wrong to say. Like, I feel like when you work on yourself, um, that it really does show outwardly and like it shows in the way that you interact with people or that you hold space for people. So I think people would notice that growth, like no matter if it's, you know, an actual physical with the eye, you know, achievement. Interesting. Um, yeah. What about you? Honestly, I just hope people come. (laughs) I kind of read the question. I was like, okay, but like, are they even going to show up? (laughs) Um, I've always kind of joked around because I was like, I don't really like, I hate funerals. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that they're just so sad. Like, I don't want people crying at my funeral. I'm like, you know, so I always joke around to Chris and I'm like, you better, you better put up a disco ball. People better be dancing. Like, (laughs) you know, like let's have a party. Um, But I mean, on a serious note, I guess I hope that like people were impacted Mm. by me in some capacity. Like it doesn't have to be a big way, but I hope that like I made some sort of positive impact on people's life or like they have a good, like even one solid like memory of where I brought like positivity to them, I think would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, guys, taking notes so you can come to our funerals and fulfill yeah. our dreams. <laughs> yeah, at least show up, please. Like that's the minimum. <laughs> and if you're dressed up for the disco ball party, then that's extra. I love that. <laughs> I promise I won't haunt you. I might. <laughs> you would I definitely. Will... I will definitely haunt people. <laughs> yeah. No. I like without a doubt in my mind. If you die before me, get the heck away from me. Like. <laughs> You're going to stalk me. (laughs) Oh, that would be so funny. I can just like see, you know, the the disappointed face you make. I'll be like eating my cinnamon rolls at 2 a.m. You'd be like, go to bed, (laughs) go to bed. (laughs) I see it. (laughs) But please don't die before me. That's rude. (laughs) I'll do my best. I'm taking my vitamins. All right. What is your most embarrassing childhood memory? Yeah, I don't have a lot of childhood memories. Like I have, do you want the real answer or the funny answer? (laughs) The real answer is that I disassociate when I have trauma. So I literally black it out and I don't remember things. So I, uh, I don't have that many childhood memories. The funny answer is I probably have a lot of like young adult memories that are hilarious like Mm -hmm. literally anytime we went to a bar was funny (laughs) (laughs) what i don't know like a bar like young adult memories i don't know anytime we went to a bar i feel like we just had a lot of funny memories but embarrassing 
thing. Oh, I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, I don't have any embarrassment. Like, I, I feel like every day is an embarrassment. <laughs> like, I'm I always... That was, that was going to be my answer. My, child, my entire childhood was embarrassing. <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. I got one. I got one. I got one. I got one. Every day in grade three. So grade three was probably like around the time when... No, I moved to Canada earlier, but anyways, I was pretty new. I didn't know anything that was going on. I didn't know what TV or why TV was. I didn't watch anything other than sometimes occasionally commercials would come on. And I saw this girl with like this cute little handkerchief headband and I thought it was the cutest thing ever. So I got a jean handkerchief headband from Claire's and I wore that and my fleece red vest. It was a vest, like a zipper vest. I wore that every single day of grade three. I kid you not. Every single fucking day. With my poof hair, like I had an like a like a poof, like a big poofy hair, like it was yeah. So that's pretty embarrassing that you know I did that to myself. <laughs> um, no, legit. Like my whole childhood was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I I had a really, it's actually funny. Eric and I both had this. We had really bad chapped lips, so I had like a red. <laughs> no, no, this is. This is serious. I had like a red rash ring in, around my entire lip. And so literally every day of my childhood life, I went around looking like a clown with this red. Were you like licking your hair. lips? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It was not good. Crazy. Okay. What's number five? <laughs> <laughs> what is a pivotal childhood memory that you think has made you who you are? Trauma. <laughs> I, I need a jingle for every time I have to bring up my trauma. <laughs> you want? Do you want to pass? Do you need a buzzer? Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> some people thrive, and some people just survive. It's so. Uh... <laughs> okay 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 um okay I think that pivotal y'all are using out here using big words (laughs) um okay so I have a tattoo on my foot um it's of a heart and like the middle of the heart is like taken out so it kind of looks like a cookie cutter I don't know um but this tattoo stemmed from uh when I used to go to a psychiatrist psychologist I don't know what she was but something fancy with a degree um when my life was like freshly turned upside down in my late teens um and she asked me to draw a heart on like a piece of paper like a blank piece of paper and she told me like section it off with all the things that I loved um or were like important to me Uh, in my life. Um, It could be people, it could be things, whatever it was. Um, And that's how I drew my heart. Um, Because I, I don't even know why. Um, But I just drew like all the little things in my life, but there was like a massive chunk missing out of like the bottom middle of it. Um, 
And obviously we went on to therapy the crap out of that. Um, (laughs) But that exercise just really like stuck with me. And that picture of that heart always really stuck with me. Um, And I got it tattooed as literally my first tattoo. Like, why would you do that, Savannah? Um, But I described it by saying that like all the things in my life like fit into my heart, but that I still felt like something was missing. Um, so I feel like I've literally spent a lot of my life dwelling on that statement and like on this quest to fill whatever that is that was missing that I like realized that that moment was missing. Um, and I, I probably tattooed that on my foot like five years after I did that therapy exercise and really only now like 11 or 12 years later, I'm finding out that like that little piece was like this whole like journey to self love and owning my own security and my own confidence in myself. And like, that's what I was missing. So I think that that was like a really pivotal, you know, moment, because I spent a lot of years chasing whatever that picture was. Wow. Yeah, I had to think about that. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, I can't go after that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when I was younger, (laughs) when I I was was a young (laughs) old um, I I was the crazy horse girl in the class, um, and I got my own horse. My parents bought me a horse. And I think that was a really pivotal moment because I spent the next like 10 years just absolutely like everything, like eat, breathe, sleep, everything went into competitive horseback riding and that horse. And it like shaped the people that I was around, what I was doing every day, what I was thinking about every day, like what I did on weekends, like everything was geared towards competitive horseback riding. And so definitely, definitely getting my nene. <laughs> Man, that's like every little girl's dream. I know. Way to I go, was, parents. <laughs> they rocked that one. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> Right, another childhood one just for you. Love it. <laughs> what is your favorite childhood memory? Guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, I don't have any. Uh, but I'd say like I traveled a lot when I was younger. Um, and I don't remember traveling, but I did it. <laughs> um, and to this day I feel like that probably is my favorite thing about my childhood was that I was able to travel and able to like live in a lot of different places. And let me tell you, your girl can get through an airport hot quick. So (laughs) holla at me if you need assistance. (laughs) Very experienced at the airport things. (laughs) Um, I think mine would also be travel. Um, My grandparents had a place in Florida. And so every March break growing up, we went to stay with them. And it was just like, I mean, I hate being cold. So that was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think those were just really good 
good times. Good times. Okay, the next question is, what are your hobbies? Um, my hobbies. Drinking coffee is actually my hobby. Like I, <laughs> I thought you were gonna stop go with drinking. <laughs> drinking is no. <laughs> I try not to do that. I have addictive personalities. <laughs> um, I. What was I saying? Um, drinking coffee is probably a hobby. I schedule my day around it, to be honest. <laughs> um, I like to play video games. So like Minecraft, Sims, any of your virtual reality stuff. Um, and I like to, I do a lot of reading. Um, and just like thinking, you know, is thinking a hobby? Yeah, I think so. It can be if you make it. it. <laughs> overthinking? <laughs> yes, overthinking. Overanalyzing. Um, yeah, those are... That's where I'm at. Um, I don't know. I feel like I have one of two personalities. <laughs> one of two hobbies. I either... Like, I like to be creative, so I, I like to make things and it's not like it doesn't have to be a physical thing like I like designing things in my head on sims <laughs> and like on you know whatever adobe you know making logos things like that like I like creating whatever it is um I also like obviously crafting and creating things like that are physical um to decorate my house with because that's another hobby I like to decorate my house um but then I also just like like I don't know, homesteading things. <laughs> like I like to cook and I like to make bread and I go to a farm so that I can sit with pigs <laughs> and just like, you know, eat my lunch beside them. But they get kind of rowdy because then I'm eating food in front of them. Um, and I like to feed chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Um, and I like going to the beach. I don't know if those are hobbies. <laughs> but that's what I do when I have spare time is, you know, cooking and farm things <laughs> that I don't have. I don't have a farm. I go somewhere else, but yeah, I'd say those are my hobbies. I don't like reading or thinking. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> not to think if I can. <laughs> it doesn't always work out for me, but. <laughs> All right. Question number eight. What is your biggest fear? So I didn't know if this is like my superficial fear or like, like a real life fear. So I kind of did both. Um, superficially, I am very afraid of clowns. Like, very. Like, do not come near me. I don't even want to see. Like, I want, I want nothing to do with them. And then also, like, birds, but particularly seagulls and pigeons. They kind of freak me out. Don't want anything to do with them. I think it's because they're aggressively loud, and I don't really know why. Um. And then, like, my life fears, like, my big fears, um, I think is, like, not accomplishing things <laughs> or, like, being, like, stagnant in life, like, not getting to experience all of the things that I want to experience. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, my biggest fear, I mean, I have one, like, big fear, and then I have other ones that, like, feed that fear, you know? Um, <laughs> My 
like biggest fear is I I am scared of dying and like dying before I'm ready, like before I've experienced all that I want to experience in this life. Um, and that makes a lot of other fears. Like I am afraid of roller coasters. I am deathly afraid of snakes. I am afraid of open water and I am afraid of <laughs> anything that would give me the feeling that I'm like out of control. Like even the other day in the car, Eric was like driving recklessly and like triggered. Like, <laughs> like I was like, no, 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 no. Like light, light panic attack. Um, <laughs> light, that's Frankel. <laughs> so it was just a little one. Um, but yeah, anything that like makes me feel like I am, going to be injured or like not have control of myself to like <laughs> keep myself safe kind of thing <laughs> oh my gosh um okay tell us about your kids um so theodore is my oldest and he is he will be six this year um and he is like if you look up the astrology definition of what a leo is that is theo like through and through that is exactly what he is he is quite bright but he gets bored when it's not about him <laughs> and he is loud like just naturally like not even like excessively that's just like his voice is that loud um sometimes when we're like around new people they're kind of like <laughs> and i'm like no no like that's a regular speaking voice yeah. Um, and he like thinks of a million different things at the same time, which he probably gets from me. So he like just to watch him play is to just watch this in like brain of ideas just unfold in front of you, and then he like walks away and leaves the mess. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, he's he's definitely the loud and fun one in our house. And then Archie is my middle son and he is going to be three soon um and like I said like he he's more you know starting to well he has developed his personality within like the last year I would say um and he is very stubborn um and very opinionated and very Horus. yeah and very clean like he likes things in a particular order um and god forbid he gets anything on his hands because then he freaks out if you do not wipe it um oh my but God, he that's is so funny eric is the same i never no sorry eric i eric never is also a taurus <laughs> yeah but no the cleaning of the hands yes. i never oh my gosh that's too funny literally like a crumb a crumb he ate like half a cookie and there was like two crumbs on his hand he had to go wash his hands with soap i was like you don't want to just wipe it on a napkin he's like no um and he is he's very funny. He likes to tell jokes and he likes to like crack jokes or like make you smile. And he's very affectionate. Um, like demands to like hold you in a hug, which is like really weird for a three-year-old. I feel like he gives like an extra long hug and makes sure that he like says goodbye to you when you're leaving the house. So I think that that's really funny and not just me, like other people, like he'll just give strangers like really long hugs. <laughs> Um, and then my youngest is Rhett and he is, he just turned one 
and um, he is very serious. Like he kind of, when I first had him, we were like Cheyenne was there and I had another friend there and um, we were kind of looking at him. We're like, he kind of looks like an old man. Like, yeah. like have you ever just looked at a newborn and been like, wow, you're like 80 in your soul, aren't you? But like, that's really held true. Like through his personality, he doesn't look like he's 80 anymore. <laughs> he's super cute, but, um, but he is like, he's just very serious. He's very observant. He's a light sleeper. He has massive FOMO. Um, but because he's the third, I find that he's like, like his speech is coming a lot quicker and stuff. So like, he's already screaming and yelling at you about things. And he's like, it, it genuinely, like, this is probably a mom thing to say, but like, (laughs) it feels like he's talking to me, you know, like I talk to him like, okay, like, you know, how was your breakfast? Did you like it? And he'll be like, and like, it doesn't make any sense, but it makes sense to me. (laughs) Like he tries to speak to you. So he's our, yeah, he's our serious dude. Um, my one and only child, um, Lincoln is, he's only one. So like, he's still, his personality is still shaping. Um, but I definitely see his like stubborn, like he has an Aries moon. And so... (laughs) He is just very much like the ram, like battering anything in his way. Like we used to have a chair barrier in to the kitchen and he would literally like get a running start and just push through the barrier. Like literally this little baby just like <laughs> strong man in these chairs to get them out of his way. Um, and he's, he's very determined like he was he was walking really early I feel and like he's just has so much to say um but I feel like there's also like a um like a a deep side to him as well because he likes to like stare out the window sometimes and you know that he's just like contemplating really deep baby things (laughs) (laughs) He's like staring. He just like he'll have a focal point and he likes to just stare out the window. And then all of a sudden he like comes back and it's like, oh, hey, buddy, where'd you go there? (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a little dynamo. He is into everything all over the place. Temper tantrums up and down. Just (laughs) he's a yeah, a dynamo. That's that's how I would describe him. (laughs) Okay, Cheyenne, the last question is for you. How have you and Eric dealt with the hardships and challenges in such a long-term relationship? Um, you know, I always think it's funny because people always say to me, they're like, oh, you make me believe in love and like all of this stuff. And I'm like, <clears throat> that's great. However, it's not like, we're not perfect. (laughs) I feel like people look at Eric and I sometimes and they're like, ooh, love. And I'm like, no, like, it's hard. He's annoying as hell sometimes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) we met when we were 14. And so there's a lot of, like, growing up that you have to do. And sometimes those growing up moments can be, like, really messy. And 
for us, it's just, I think the bottom line is two things. Um, Number one, we've always just chosen each other. Like if at any time one of us just like wasn't in it or wasn't willing to forgive or do the work or whatever it was in that moment, like that would have been the end of it. And we've always just chosen each other and chosen to work through it and chosen to um, just like figure it out. Um, And the other thing is that like, he's, he's just my best friend. Like he's always been my best friend. And I think in any of like those hard, bumpy, big, messy growing moments, or like even some of the heart or even some of like the smaller things sometimes, like you don't go every day being madly in love and like head over heels, ooh la la, googly eyes. Like that's not what it's like every day. And just having that basis of being each other's best friend and being able to I think fall back on that in those rougher moments has what is what's kept us going until we can get back to those oogly eye moments. <laughs> like it's, it's having, yeah, just having that friendship to fall back on until we can figure out like, like come back to each other basically. Okay. And Now we're going to do some mom-to-mom kind of questions, Um, but I have the first one. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Cheyenne, when did you know you wanted to be a mom? I always wanted to be a mom. I just always knew that it was part of my soul's journey. Um, I was, like when my little brother was born, I was breastfeeding my dolls on the stairs. I was... (laughs) Oh, really? And I was like, I can remember being, I don't know, maybe like five and reading my mom's like del- like labor pregnancy baby books and like reading baby name books and just like always being interested in babies and all of that jazz. Um, and yeah, I just, I always, I always knew that it was part of my journey. Um, I, I knew that I wanted a family. I don't think I ever thought of it as like, you know, like I want to be a mom. I think I thought of it as like, I would love a family and I kind of grew into the, I want to be a mom, like mindset, I guess. Um, kind of like, in you know, when I was older, like in like my late, later teens and stuff like that. And I was like, I would just really love to like. I don't know, love on another human being, I guess. And I really didn't care like how it came about, but I just knew that like, I would want to, you know, help someone through their like life journey. And here I am. (laughs) Um, How many kids do you want to have now that you have one? Um, I mean, before I had Lincoln, I wanted (laughs) three. Now that I've had Lincoln, I'm like debating two. It's an ongoing debate at this point. <laughs> um, I always wanted to have like a really big family. So I wanted like six kids. Um, and then after my first one, I was still feeling great. After my second one, I was like, 
no. <laughs> so <laughs> now after my third one, I can confidently say we may have one more. We may have four, but um, I've heard I've heard three is like like one and three are like the hard transition transitions. Yes, I 100% agree with that. Um, second, it's like it's easy breezy. Like, I don't know people were like, as a doula, sometimes I get that question a lot. Like, you know, like what is, what's that like transitioning to two? I'm like, it's a breeze, breeze, like absolute breeze. But then being outnumbered and having three is like, Oh my goodness. Okay. But then like, (laughs) but it's the same thing though. Like I'm a year out after having my third and I'm kind of like, okay, like, you know, I got this. So like, it's, it's kind of a good number, you know, like you could tap it <laughs> off at three because you like, you feel great. But then at the same time, it might be the same thing as, you know, with the two and the four, maybe having mm-hmm. four will just be like having three, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you have more than three children, let me know. Cause <laughs> we, we need to do some market research here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wanted to hear this one, Cheyenne. How did you name your child? And did that change from what you first thought you'd do? Because I feel like Um, you, like me, enjoy a good, meaningful name. (laughs) Yes. I have been thinking about my child's name probably since I was, like, five. What was, Um, like, the very first name that you, like, you were like, yes, that's going to be my kid's name. Like, the very first time you ever thought that. What was that name? Emily. Emily. All of my... (laughs) All of my dolls growing up were Emily. And I was always like, it's going to be Emily. And then I got older and I was like, I really liked the name Lillian. And then I had another name, which I'm not going to reveal in case we do have another child. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, ironically, we did not pick Lincoln's name. Like that that name was not on any list I have ever had up until like, maybe four months before he was born. Um, so how did we name him? Through a lot of research, <laughs> a lot of baby name lists. Um, and it did change because originally we had picked out um, a different name that I had just found randomly. Um, and we were like, all right, that's the name. And then there was one day I was like driving Eric to work and I was like, what do you think of the name? And he was like, eh, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, I don't know either. Like, I think it's, it's not the one. And so then I was back to the drawing board <clears throat> and it literally just spewed out of my mouth one night. He, <laughs> Eric had come up into the bedroom and I was like, just reading through baby name books. And I had seen Lincoln in the book, but like it didn't register. And then he walked into the room and I don't know what what happened, but it just spewed out of my mouth. And I was like, what do you think of the name Lincoln? And he was like, yeah, actually, I really like that. Um, and thus, Lincoln was born. I also really like some thoughtful names. The first name that I ever thought that I'd name my child, I was obsessed. All my, all my Barbies were Sophia. And then mm-hmm. all of my Kens were actually Ethan. But I just had an Ethan in my class when I was like really little and I thought he was cute. So, you know, you know how that goes. (laughs) Um, But like I was I'm that person like I have like a name list in my phone that's like endless and has like all these names that are like maybe I don't know. (laughs) Um, And then when we actually went to name Theo, I said I would never do this. I literally I was like, I, I dislike it when people 
have nicknames because I'm like, why wouldn't you just name them their nickname? Like that makes no sense to me. And then I literally turned around and, and did, did exactly that. Um, with, so all three. with all three of my children. Yeah. Um, and it's like become like a thing, which makes it really hard to name my kids. <laughs> um, so they all have really long first names that we like gave a nickname to. Um, so Theodore, we call him Theo. Archibald, we call him Archie. And then Gerritsen, we call him Rhett. Um, but like, Lord, heaven help us. Seriously, if we have a fourth child, <laughs> we got like no names on this list. Um, and then we pick like Bible names for uh, their first middle name. And then we actually take turns uh, with their second middle name. Um, Whosever turn it is that year, you can pick a name that reflects like either a theme of the year or something big that happened to you that year. Um, so the, uh, Chris got to go first with Theo and then I got to name Archie and then he got to pick a middle name for Rhett. So yeah, but definitely not what I thought like the names would be growing up or even like, I don't know, later into my adulthood or like when we were first like having kids. Um, I think it's funny too, because we also, like we fought a lot about names. I don't know if you and Eric (laughs) fought about names, but like Chris and I are so opposite that I was like, yeah, what about this? And he's like, yeah, what about like Bob? I'm like, no. (laughs) We, um, we didn't, I don't think we, fought that much but there was there's one name that I really wanted to name Lincoln and Eric was like a hundred percent no because we know somebody who has that name and he didn't like the association yes Um, that is so so difficult he like completely from the beginning x made that name and I kept I was trying to push it like the whole pregnancy I was like (laughs) are you sure like did you change your mind yet but he never did um but that's okay I love Lincoln's name he's perfect um and then his middle name is um his two middle names one is named after Eric's grandfather and then the other one um is kind of funny because when we were trying to think of a first name one night Eric threw out the name Leaf and I thought he was talking about like L E A F like a tree leaf and I was like um like I'm not that much of a hippie like no <laughs> and for whatever reason, I like kept thinking about it. And I was like, it's kind of different though. And I just, I'm, a, I'm attracted to different names. Like I like that. Um, and then, so it was like in the back burner of my mind. And then going through another baby name book, I came across Leif, um, which is L-E-I-F, which is like a, a Nordic name. And I was like, wait a minute, like, wait, I like that. Like, I like that spelling better. Um, and I like looked up the name and Leif Erikson was the son of Eric the Red. And Eric and I are really big into Vikings. Um, so it just, it was meant to be. And I mean, <laughs> Eric is the Red. Eric is the Red, yes. <laughs> um, okay. Next question is, did you love or hate pregnancy? I hated it. Um, <laughs> I I love that I got to experience it, but like did not enjoy. <laughs> um, 
and like not looking forward to having to do it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like to, like I said, it goes back to my fears. I like to be in control of my body and that makes me feel very out of my body. And I just, it's not fun to be that like uncomfortable. <laughs> and round. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree with that. Um <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with pregnancy. I like being pregnant. Like, I have no issues with that. My first pregnancy was fine. Like, I was eager to to do it again because it went well. But then it's like, I feel like they're increasingly getting harder and harder. And maybe it's because after, you know, my first two, I didn't really take care of my body in between children as much as I should have. Like, I should have paid more attention. Because my third pregnancy, I I felt like I was just sick the whole time. And like because it's also your third, like you feel after you have your first baby, you'll just like your body just naturally picks up pregnancy quicker, if that even makes sense. Like you'll, you'll show sooner. Yeah, exactly. And like, um, you when you are achy and crampy, it kind of still feel like it feels like early labor, labor earlier, you know, in your third trimester, things like that, like, all of that, is not fun for me. (laughs) So like, I like, I like being pregnant. I like growing the baby, but I don't like being sick. (laughs) Um, And like, yeah, physically unable to do things and like not, you know, and the swelling, I swelled a lot in my fingers and my toes. Um, So like, that was not Gucci for me. (laughs) I couldn't, my feet were so swollen. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, So I mean, love, hate, but I have, like, I know people who love being pregnant. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) wow, you're like a magical (laughs) unicorn. (laughs) Um, okay. What is one thing you wish someone would have told you about motherhood? I don't know. I feel like I was pretty well prepared for motherhood like I have spent basically my entire life (laughs) preparing for this moment like doing (laughs) a lot of research and a lot like I grew up my mom did a had a home daycare so I basically grew up taking care of children and like I spent a lot of time with Savannah just watching her experience like all three of her boys um So I feel like I was pretty well prepared going into it. I think the thing that I have struggled the most with, um, which was like my, my mega, my first mega mom meltdown, um, was trying to go to sleep. (laughs) Um, like you sleeping or him sleeping? both, both, Both because we spent our first night in the hospital And like, I just didn't sleep. We were in a shared room and like, I just didn't sleep. And Link slept, like I just had him in my lab. Um, And then when we got home, I had planned to, like I had a bassinet ready beside the bed and I planned to like keep him in that. And I like, it's late at night, our, our second night, first night home. And I go to put him in the bassinet. And like, that was the moment that I had like, my mom meltdown. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like that doesn't feel right. Like I can't have my baby that far away from me. And I spent like probably a few nights trying to not sleeping at all. And it just felt horrible. 
and I had messaged you and I was like, what do you do? I think I had asked like what you do with the, with the baby, the first little bit. And you said that you like co-slept with them. And I was like, that was the moment where it was like, oh yeah, like we can do that. Yeah. (laughs) And I kicked Eric out of the room and like I co-slept until he was like four months old. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, like it was, it was such a weird feeling because I was so prepared. And then I remember sitting there holding the baby and I was like, how do I not know what to do to go to sleep? Like that seems like such a basic (laughs) thing. And I was like angry with myself that I was like, I've done so much research. Why can't I just go to sleep? Like, that seems like such a weird thing. Um, But I think it was just like, I I don't know. Like, it was just you saying that's what you did was kind of like a switch of like, not necessarily giving me permission, but like reminding me there's like another option, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely not what I did for my oldest, but that's I felt the same way like I know exactly what you mean about like the it's honestly it was like I feel like it was I was just like anxious I'm like why like it doesn't it really doesn't sit well like in your stomach I don't know I have goosebumps thinking about it like it's just such a primal feeling I feel like like just to have them be away from you yeah I wish that someone would have told me that it's going to be lonely because I do find motherhood lonely um And then I also wish that um, someone would have told me that becoming a parent is basically like reparenting yourself Um, Mm. because I was not prepared for that. Um, But I feel like basically every single time I hit a journey with like one of my kids, I'm like, okay, like this is an opportunity for you to basically parent the like in a new way, you know, like, I don't know if it's like, if it has to do with like, um, generational parenting and like, you're trying to break habits that, you know, didn't serve you when you were younger, or if it's just like, I find sometimes parenting like brings up things that you dealt with when you were younger, and then you can like redeal with it to like heal it in yourself almost. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's an aspect of like reparenting yourself that like no one really prepared me for. Um, where do you go for information or advice on parenting? Like what are some mm-hmm. resources that you use? I go to the internets or to my dear friend Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, that's I I usually go to the internet. Um and I'll just like I like to get different opinions on things. Um so like if I don't know, like if I come across something that I'm unsure of, I like to look at like a variety of different websites and see like the different techniques like f- like feeding a baby. Like there's so many <laughs> it's insane to me. There's so many different like techniques and strategies and formulas and like mm-hmm. it's it's a whole mathematical science of like how to feed your baby out there in the world um but just getting like different people's experience and opinions um and there's a few different like instagram accounts that i follow that i have found really helpful um but yeah mostly mostly the internet and Savannah. um i 
I also find my own information. I do use the internet, like I do search for my information, but I also do that with a grain of salt because I find sometimes when I get too many opinions, I get like flustered and confused and it just kind of upsets me because then I'm like, I don't really know what to do. Right. Um, so I feel like my best way of finding information is to do that initial research, but like look at the information with like a grain of salt. And then I go to like the lens of people like that I know. And basically just like through their experiences, like people who are, you know, similar, like-minded as me that I maybe follow on Instagram or that I know personally. And I kind of like gauge people's experiences to like decide what I want to do almost. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> so kind of same, same. <laughs> um, what are you discovering about yourself in this, you know, season of motherhood? Um, like everything, (laughs) (laughs) everything. I feel like, I mean, I had, I feel like motherhood has been a really spiritual mind opening experience for me. Um, like I'm, I'm basically re-experiencing the world through his, like taking into consideration his lens, um, being, aware of how I want him to be raised and how I want him to view the world is changing how I also look at the world. Can I make an observation? Yes, yes, yes. I feel like in this last year of you like growing into motherhood, I've really found that you've like motherhood has like focused you into like in, into being able to unlock like I don't know more more like spiritual mental space if that makes mm-hmm. sense like motherhood has focused you so you have more clarity to do the things that you need to do like spiritually and like with you know with your journey I feel yeah no I, I agree 100% it's like I was on it's like I was on a different path entirely and mm-hmm. like having Lincoln and becoming a mom like brought me into alignment with where I was supposed to be so that Mm -hmm. I could be the person that I'm supposed to be. Um, I'm, I'm discovering that it's okay to like, let go of it. Um, and to accept that things are never going to look like what you want it to look like in your head. Um, because it's very, it was very easy for me before children to like idealize things or like go towards things with like a, you know, perfectionist mindset and needing things to like look, and feel a certain way for me to be comfortable in situations or places or whatever it is. Um, And I feel like motherhood has really taught me to just like chill the F out. And I think it's funny too, because the mothers that I'm friends with, the closest friends with, I, they're very chill mothers. Like they're very just calm and neutral and like bring those like really great calm vibes, which is like very much, I may seem calm, but in my head, it's like there's fires, you know, like buildings are collapsing in my head. (laughs) So I thought that it was funny that that's the kind of people that I've apparently drawn to me in motherhood. Um, But yeah, my children teach me every day about chaos and how chaos (laughs) can be okay. Um, 
and that there's a time and place for things to be, you know, a certain way. But in the long run, it's just okay to have things not look like what you expected. Good lesson. Good lessons, children. Thank you. Um, I have a few questions as well. Mm. Do you, okay, the primary like worries or concerns or anxieties that you had with Theo, do you, do you think they were still prevalent with consecutive kids or like, were they different or like totally faded away? Like gone, gone. (laughs) Like, I just feel like I, yeah, like with my first, I was like, I don't know what the heck I am doing. Like I, I had no clue, like, and I had to figure everything out. But then it's like, with Archie, there is, there was a time where like, right at the beginning, I was like, okay, wait, I kind of forget, like, what did we decide on to do when like, you know, whatever, he cries in the middle of the night, or like, and you kind of have to like, repave your path, but it comes so much more naturally. And it doesn't come, even if the questions like the same questions or situations arise, it doesn't come with like that sense of panic or anxiousness that like, you don't know because there is like a confidence that comes after having your first. It's like, okay, you know, like I got this, it's under control. And in the end, everything will be okay. Because I feel like that's what you learn when you have your first one that in the end, it's going to be fine. Like, you know, everybody survives at the end of the day. We're good. Like, yeah. So yeah. Um, what is your most used baby item? Ooh, good question. I feel like I could. What's I'm, your I What's your answer? Okay. Um, I don't know. My answer probably is diaper pail. <laughs> we did <laughs> a lot of diapers. <laughs> there wasn't something. The one okay. The one thing that I wish that I had gotten differently was our baby carrier like I had gotten a ring sling and I realize now that was not the right choice for us um because like I like the one that you have because it cradles their head better and it's the I think structured it looks more carrier that I have the um the, the one with the, the clips. Boba wrap. oh the, boba the wrap, wrap. Okay. yeah 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 <clears throat> um yeah so I wish that I had gotten like a better carrier because the ring sling wasn't good when he was younger and like couldn't hold his head very well. Like it yeah. just, it wasn't as secure. Yeah. Like I needed to be hands free. I would say, yeah, I think that's a good one. The carriers, if you are not a baby carrier, <laughs> you should be. <laughs> I like preach them. Honestly, I do because I feel like that's what made the difference between my first and my second. Like, my second, I didn't have a choice. I needed to be hands-free because I had another baby. Um, but I wish that I had that with my first or that I had thought of a carrier. Like I had one, but I just, I didn't know how to use it. I didn't, you know, whatever. Um, it was like a hand-me-down that I got um, to borrow. And it was just, yeah, like I didn't baby wear until he was much older. So I feel like in that newborn stage, if I had known, that would have made life literally so, so much easier for me. Um, because they also as a newborn, like being so close to you. Right. So, um, and I would say a sound machine, honestly, like all my kids really love sound machines. And when I work with families that have children who are not sleeping well at night, I always recommend them like, just get a really loud sound machine and start there, (laughs) you know? 
not only is it good for when you are at home, but when you're traveling and your kids are like learning how to sleep in like a new environment, just having those like consistent things for them. Um, so ours are like, you know, they each have a stuffy that they really love. They each have a blanket that they really love and they have their sound machine. It makes it so much easier for them to transition to sleeping in those weird places. <laughs> weird to them. Places. <laughs> um, all right. I have one last question. Did you find labor and delivery to be harder or easier with consecutive kids? Because you know what to expect, but like you also know what to expect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I found it easier. Um, I like I became a doula as I became a mother too. So I feel like that perspective and like my um, education and knowledge as a doula helped me in my labors Mm -hmm. uh, because I knew not only what to expect, but what I wanted and how to like help myself labor basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think that like, even without that knowledge, there's just a natural sense of like, you know what your body feels like at certain stages of labor or like, you know, in late pregnancy and you know how to kind of cope with those things. Um, And I think that the mindset is different. And for me, like the number one thing that I always say is that labor is entirely a mindset. Um, Like your body will physically, like physically, biology, all that, like it'll naturally push the baby out no matter what you do. You just have to kind of mind your mind the whole time. Um, And that becomes easier with consecutive labors just because you know what to expect. So I'd say, yeah, either way, it's easier. Well, there you have it. Okay, so that's it for this week. Um, If you guys have not been tuning into the Instagram, we have launched um, the functional shop here at Sisterhood Rising with a whole bunch of curated items for you guys. Um, It launched on Monday and we're taking pre-orders until the 21st of March. Uh, So go and check out the shop um, on our website and on Instagram, sisterhood.rising. And make sure that you tune in next week because in honor of the spring equinox, spring is coming, you guys. Hold on. We're almost there. I know. Um, (laughs) We will be talking about the seasons of the earth, the seasons of life, the seasons of womanhood, um, the different cycles and how they are all intertwined and how to live accordingly in harmony <laughs> and in sync <laughs> da, we're gonna da, teach da. you to psych- <laughs> i gotta stop singing on these things <laughs> all right thanks for tuning in you guys we'll see you next week and until then remember that we love, we love you, you.